We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Discussing the beginning of a multi-part series at CBSSports.com based uh, off of an anonymous survey given to college football coaches. The first installment uh, was about the perceived level of cheating around the country. And here comes Dennis Dodd from CBSSports.com to join us to break it all down. Snitch! <laughs> There's Brian. <laughs> hey, Dennis, how are you? I, I'm good. I knew I'd hear that. <laughs> that would be the wake-up call. I knew it. <laughs> Dennis, I'm going to see you Monday, right? We have some shows to, to yeah. put in the can over yeah, at CBS Sports Network. Yes, okay, absolutely. cool. Uh, as, as far as uh, you know, these coaches who were speaking off the cuff, off the record, uh, how prevalent do they think cheating still is in college football? Because I'm not surprised whatsoever. Yeah, no the the, the overarching numbers said that fifty seven percent thought that uh, it was ten percent or less of schools really cheat, uh, the major stuff. You know, we stress that. Don't talk about secondary violations. This mm-hmm. is Ole Miss-level stuff. Um, and, and so most of them don't think it goes on much, but the examples that we got were amazing. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a coach out there who swears that this is 25 or 30 years ago, a school paid for a law student to complete school, get his degree, and get a job in NCA enforcement so he can be a mole and report back on what's going on in NCA enforcement. <laughs> now and that's said, a snitch. I said, yeah, I said, come on. No, no, no. no. Goes, I swear it's true. It happened. Wow. Okay. And I'd, I'd heard this from that coach before. It wasn't like he just brought it out of the blue. And I said, okay. So, no, there was, you know, there was other stuff. One coach said off the cuff, sort of, well, it's 80% in the SEC and 20% everywhere else. <laughs> So, <laughs> perpetuating a stereotype. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, is, is it possible, Dennis, to win consistently without bending a couple of rules here and there? Can you be 100% clean and be 100% good? I, I, I think you can uh, because, you know, there the NCA requires you to send in a list of uh, violations Self-reported violations every year, and it's not uncommon for schools to send in lists of hundreds. I think hmm. one year at Ohio State, in the midst of uh, Tattoo Gate, that they sent in a list. The, the Columbus Dispatch got a list of 236 violations. Now, I, you know, a lot of them were making a phone call to a recruit five minutes past the deadline or something like that. But you know, the stuff that's that's thought out. Um, no, look, the Sun Belt and Conference USA schools uh, are not capable of $100 handshakes because those are two-star recruits. They're, they're, you know, there's, it's not worth it. Why do it? Everybody's playing by the same rules. But I think at the top level, it's a little more prevalent because of the stakes. You know, $4 million contracts, championships, mm-hmm. uh, filling 100,000-seat stadiums. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit more than 10% in the Power Five. 
Wow, that's amazing. Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com, also CBS Sports Network. He has become a, a television guru as well over at CBS Sports Network. Uh, let's talk about, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, now, I, I, you, you wrote that uh, they're, they're going to spend about $300 million in the next three to five years on football renovations. Is that all on the strength of knocking off from high alma mater, Texas, last year? Yeah, on the on the strength of beating one FBS team the last two years. No, this, I, this, this happened this summer. It's really, really weird how this happened. But the AD, uh, Shan Zenger, came to a rooftop bar reception for the football coach, David Beatty, at happy hour and announced this. This wasn't a press conference. This was a meet and greet, have some beers and in, in Kansas City. And, and people lost their minds, like, what, what are you talking about? Too many beers? <laughs> no, this is $300 million in stadium renovation and an indoor over the next three to five years. The plans are supposed to come out in September. To me, this is an investment on just playing big-time football because whatever – uh, you know, whatever college football looks like in the next 10 years, at the top level, Kansas wants to be part of it. Whether we call it the Power Five, whatever, I think this sends that message. Nothing official, but Kansas, if you remember, in 2010 when Nebraska and Colorado left the Big 12, there was a real possibility that Kansas, with a top five basketball team, would have been playing sports in the Mountain West or Big East, uh, in the old Big East that sponsored football. So th- th- that's what this is about. Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com and CBS Sports Network is with us here uh, on Geo and Jones. Uh, I just saw that the second installment of this coach survey is up, Dennis, and it's about overrated and underrated head coaches. Uh, and I'm disappointed that half the field wouldn't answer the overrated coach question. Are they scared of anonymously telling you that Jim Harbaugh is not that good of a coach? That was <laughs> that was the coach's... Uh, you know, I guess adhering to the code. They didn't want to rip their brethren. And, you know, when we got the questions, I wasn't surprised. I said, that's going to be a hard one. Underrated is going to be easy. Bill Snyder, what have you. But when you're asked to, to stay overrated, that's going to be tough. But we did we did get quite a few responses. We got a lot of Jim Harbaugh's. We got some Lane Kiffin's. In fact, I think, I think Lane Kiffin tweeted last night or something uh, – he reacted to the story and said, it's nice to be seen in good company. <laughs> <laughs> they said Lane Kiffin was overrated? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's hard, hard to believe, right? Well, you look at his, his uh, head coaching jobs, okay, but as an OC, uh, I think that's uh, you're hard-pressed to label him Him that. I, I don't dis- yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, three straight uh, SEC titles, three different quarterbacks, uh, one of them a freshman SEC player of the year, another – Fifth-year senior converted receiver, running back Blake Sims, who became Alabama's all-time total offense leader. I do not disagree. And I don't know if I got your thoughts on the Hugh Freeze situation because we were both down at SEC Media Days when all that stuff happened. Uh, one, your take on on uh, that deal with Houston? That now the the lawsuit has been dismissed. It was in the wrong court apparently, mm-hmm. and so it'll be refiled in the correct jurisdiction. Uh, and you also have about 10 to 15 realistic candidates to replace Hugh Freeze as well? Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's totally up in the air right now because I don't think you can really talk about viable candidates until we all dissect what the penalties are going to be, and it looks like this thing's going to be decided in, in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, the penalties are going to be handed out in November. 
in the middle of the season. So that, you know, obviously clears things up. Uh, but I, I think Matt Luke has the best chance for sitting coach because he's going to be in that thing every day. He can show what he can do. And look, if he goes, somehow goes eight and four. Uh, Shea Patterson's all in. He tweeted that the moment they uh, they self-imposed the bowl ban this year. The problem with that is, let's say Ole Miss is four and five at the beginning of November, and the seniors are sitting there going, "What are we playing for? You know, we're going to the NFL or, or whatever." And the bottom falls out. But I think Matt Luke, I you know, I had I had uh, Les Miles up there, maybe a bridge coach. If they really get slammed. You know, and the, and the job is toxic. Uh, Les Miles would take it for you know two or three years to get it back on its feet. Um, you know, to do it, I, I think Butch Jones might be a viable candidate. I don't think he's a bad coach, and nothing is going to happen in that league until Jimmy Sexton says it does. He's the super <laughs> agent who controls about half the coaches in that league. What the hell are you doing? What's that? All that noise you're making. Oh, not oh, I don't know. Nothing. I don't know. <laughs> oh, nothing. I don't <laughs> this is know. Like your dad just called you. Do oh, okay. nothing. Oh no, nothing. Nothing. That wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> Good, I Mom, I'm, just, I'm just reading the magazine, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, come out of that bathroom! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Only Brian Jones would ask that question. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> oh man! Uh, all right. So, uh, Dennis, did you have any problem with Josh Rosen this week? No, I, I had talked to him last year. I talked to him this year. He'd said many of the same things. I think people people lost their minds when he said football and and, and, and school don't mix. I think you have to read what he said and read the context. What he means is. You know, he had a class, he's a finance major, so, you know, he's not sociology or kinesiology or communications. He really, he's got a vision for his life. He was told last semester that he couldn't take that class, one of his classes required for his degree because it overlapped 30 minutes with practice, and that really ticked him off. You know, really? I can't, you know, can't give me 30 minutes? No. Um, so he took it in the summer with a six-week course. He has told me there are players sleeping in the facility because they, you know, they can't make rent some months, even with cost of attendance. Uh, and so that, you know, that's where he's coming from. And, and and I believe him, and I think he makes some valid points. This goes on even at UCLA. A lot of programs where kids look. It's they're we all know the the deal. You know, majoring in football. We've heard that before, right? Um, I think that still goes on, and I think that's what he's pointing out. Hey, uh, Dennis, uh, Alabama, uh, of course, people point out all the analysts that uh, they have, analysts in, in, in quotes, uh, because they have a, a pretty hefty staff there that, that uh, helps uh, that, that football program, not just those guys on the field. Now, TCU, they bring in Sonny Dykes, former Cal coach, of course, and uh, he was let go, and, and, and he's an analyst for TCU. Are you, gonna, you think we'll see more? Uh, organizations, more teams go this route where they bring in former coaches and, and place that analyst tag on them. Therefore, they have more eyes and ears to help with the football program. I do because, as, as Nick Saban has done, it hardly costs anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if school is willing to do it, he, he's created, and I, I mean this in the best possible way, kind of a halfway house for fallen coaches. <laughs> uh, Mike Loxley, who was let go, 
at New Mexico is one of those guys now. He's co-offensive coordinator. We know about Steve Sarkeesian. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin has come in there. He wasn't an analyst, but he was hired after he'd been fired. Uh, and that's a great hire for uh, for uh, Gary Patterson at TCU. Yeah. Sonny Dykes is a great offensive mind. And I know at least at Alabama they're, pay- they're paying those analysts $28,000, so I imagine it can't be much more at, uh, at TCU. And and that's a nice – that's that's mailbox money considering those, these fired yeah. coaches are still getting paid from their former employers. Yeah, I'm sure Cal's paying him a nice FD buyout, so he can he can afford the cost of living in, in Fort Worth. Yeah, that's the American dream, huh? Have a nice job, get fired <laughs> from it, still get paid, and just be able to do something for fun on the side mm-hmm. while you're getting those checks. Absolutely. That's amazing. Dennis, we've got to run. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Get back to doing whatever you were doing. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Lock the door behind you. <laughs> Dennis Dodd. Read the uh, – part two is up there now about candid, candid coaches is the title. Uh, and overrated, underrated, most head coaches uh, at CBSSports.com. And, of course, you can apparently watch Dennis now at CBS Sports Network. I wonder if he's gotten his introductory stepping back DVD yet oh, to be in line. That's probably him. what he was taking. He, that's all annoying. He was taking it out of the package. That's what he was doing. That, that's I'm going to hit play the second we hang up. <laughs> uh, things are busy the rest of the way here on Geo and Jones on this Thursday morning. we got a Brad Heller updated in just a second, which will include Ann Liguri once again live at the PGA Championship. Sean O'Hara is calling in as well. NFL Network analyst, longtime NFL offensive lineman. Actually, a really good guy to ask about the correct butt shape. Uh, center should True. have. I mean, he's, yeah. he he lived it. He lived Did that you life. The proper mm-hmm. derriere. How's your surface area? Yeah. So we'll do all of that when we come back with you on Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Jones is here. Gio is not. Bogus in for Greg, who is back from vacation on Monday. NFL Network. Sean O'Hara joins us in just a second. But first. He used to be the loser. Now I am because <laughs> Ack chose Mike over me. So here's just Brad Heller with your update. Hello, Brad. Hello, guys. We'll start with Major League Baseball. Making eight straight wins for the Boston Red Sox. Line drive, left field, base hit. One run scores. And here's Hope being waved home. Here's the throw to the plate, and it's too late. Two runs crawl. I'm home, and the Red Sox lead at 6 nothing. That's Joe Castiglione, Red Sox Radio Network. Red Sox beat the Rays in St. Pete 8-2. to Their lead... In the American League East, still four games on the Yankees who piled up 17 hits and an 11-5 win over the Blue Jays. The Indians acquiring outfielder Jay Bruce from the Mets for a minor league pitcher as Michael Brantley went on the DL with an ankle injury. That was after the Tribe lost in 12 innings to the Rockies in Cleveland 3-2. Charlie Blackman had the game-winning home run. In St. Louis, a cat ran across the field and it became a rally cat because on the next pitch, Yadier Molina, a go-ahead grand slam Cardinals won their fifth in a row, beating the Royals 8-5. to St. Louis is just a game and a half out now in the Central. Behind the Cubs, Cubs lost to the Giants. The Brewers are also a game and a half out after getting shut out by the Twins. Deshaun Watson shined in his preseason debut, 15 of 25, 179 yards. He also ran for a touchdown. Texans lost to the Panthers, 27-17. That's always good, uh, regardless if it's uh, a scrimmage practice. Uh, preseason, regular season game, whatever it is, if you get in that end zone, it's hard to do. So it's a, it's a good feeling. And Christian McCaffrey's debut for Carolina carried the ball seven times for 33 yards. The PGA Championship is underway. Time for a live update now from Quail Hollow. Good morning, Ann Ligori. 
Good morning, Brad. And wow, Jordan Speed, who recently turned 24, he's trying to become the youngest guy to win a career Grand Slam. He gets started in a few minutes, and he'll be playing with Masters champion Sergio Garcia and U.S. Open champ Brooks Kepka. Now, Speed has been downplaying his expectations this week, saying that it's only been two weeks since he won the Open Championship, the third leg of the career Grand Slam. He's so happy about that that he really can't add pressure to his week. He's accomplished something so great this year, he says, that anything else that happens, he can accept. That takes the pressure and expectation away. Right now, uh, Hideki Matsuyama, he started on the 10th. He birdied the first two holes, Brad. And after shooting that 61 in the final round last week to win the WGC Bridgestone Invitational, you got to watch out for Hideki Matsuyama. Brad? All right, Ann, thank you very much. PGA Championship underway at Quail Hollow. We'll be hearing from Ann all morning long, really all weekend long. Gentlemen. Miss Ann to you. Miss Ann Liguori, of yes. course. Gentlemen, back to you. All right, Brad, thanks so much. Yo, and again, Brad, Sean O'Hara, bye. longtime NFL player, currently at the NFL Network, will join us here uh, in just a second. <clears throat> I'm actually uh, disappointed and um, somewhat impressed by Mother Nature this morning. Why? Brian. So I pull up here to the studio in lower Manhattan. I open up my car door, and I'm immediately smacked in the face by this burning plastic smell. And okay. I think, oh, my God, what's wrong with my car? One time I got like a plastic bag. I got caught up underneath the mm-hmm. car, and it burned yep. and stinks. Mm-hmm. So I'm smelling underneath my car. Now, again, this is at 4.30 this morning, so it's pitch black dark. There's only me and weird characters on the street. I'm leaning <laughs> in every wheel well, smelling... And while I still smell it, it's not coming from my car. So I give up and I walk away and I turn the corner and I still smell it. So now I know it's not my car. So now I relax. But all of lower Manhattan smells like burning plastic. I buy coffee from the same coffee cart in the morning. And I say, what? Do you guys smell that? What's going on? And guys like, yeah, it's been like that since we got here an hour ago. So I finally see that the New York Police Department actually tweeted this, that, hey, if you're smelling smoke fire in New York City. It's coming from a fire in Pennsylvania. Okay. This smell is being swept across New Jersey into New York from some huge fire in Pennsylvania. Okay, I'm not surprised. I'm I'm impressed, but you're not surprised Uh, that a fire in Pennsylvania is smellable across two states? Man, you get enough breeze and and, and it gets to blowing... Pretty hard. Yeah, could come all the way up here. What's an hour and a half down the road, isn't it? I think it's a little farther than that. But, yeah, I mean, still, that's a lot. I don't smell delicious cheesesteak <laughs> blowing in from Philadelphia. <laughs> well, it's not. the, the it's, They're not plumes of cheesesteak smoke, you know, uh, Pat, bellowing from, uh, what is it, Angelo's? Pat's, Gino's. Pat's, Gino's. Where did I get Angelo's from? Is there Angelo's cheese? I'm sure there? there is. Yeah, why not? There is now. You got Scott Cervais, and we have Angelo's. There you go. Well, but Angelo is the correct pronunciation of a name. Oh. You can call him. Okay, Chauncey. All right, we all make mistakes. <laughs> I don't. Except you do. And then you say. So anyway, how, I didn't. I didn't have this problem when I got out of the because car. you take three steps from your car into the building. Where'd you walk from? Like three blocks away, oh, where right. I can find free parking. Oh, but everyone else confirmed you. Everyone your has senses. smelt it. Yeah, right. everyone has smelt it. I did, and it's coming from Pennsylvania. Huh. There's a whole other state between us and Pennsylvania. If I could smell a fire in Brooklyn, across a river, I'd be surprised.
I'm smelling a fire across New Jersey. What was on fire in Pennsylvania? I don't know, actually. Something that involves plastic. That's what it smells mm. like to me, burning plastic, which is not a pleasant smell no. at any time of day. No, but it's not. at 4.30 in the morning, the pitch black dark, it's not helpful whatsoever. No. Not even remotely like that. I'm in, ag- in agreement with that. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Time before we're done to sneak in a couple of phone calls with you. Uh, again, waiting on Sean O'Hara of the NFL Network. Uh, to join us. Not sure if you uh, if you saw this, Brian. Excuse me. I'm like choking on the granola I shovel fed myself. You did. Last and, break. And you sound like a damn cow grazing. Ugh. Got good to you, didn't it? You'd think I'd be more of a professional by now, but I'm not. Um, later this month, MLB teams and players are wearing special jerseys. It, of course, uh, is the normal money grab. Don't mess with the pinstripes. But they're putting nicknames on the back of guys, and they are messing with pinstripes, including putting last name. They're putting names on the back of jerseys. But the winner, the Mariners, Kyle Seeger, his jersey is going to say Corey's brother. Hmm. A stud Dodger shortstop. Ah, I think that's amazing. A, a tip of the cap to his brother. Why not? Sean O'Hara would never do that. I don't even know if Sean has a brother to, to If he do had that one, we'll, he wouldn't tip a cap to him. We'll no. find out. Here Make is Sean, longtime NFL offensive lineman, NFL network analyst right now, joining us here on Geo and Jones. Sean, I'm Andrew. That's Brian. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, good morning, boys. I got two brothers. So See? I didn't catch what you guys were saying, but brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. <laughs> got a hug. Got a hug. Well, there you go. We're just, I don't know if you saw uh, that Major League Baseball is going to spend a weekend later this month, uh, and they've let the players pick like nickname jerseys so you can have your nickname on the back instead of your last name. Uh, and oh, Kyle Seeger, could... who plays for Seattle, is going to have Corey's brother <laughs> on the back of his jersey for a full weekend because his brother Corey is an awesome shortstop for the Dodgers. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. You do that yeah. for your brother, right? Oh, yeah. There yeah, you go. I like that. You know, it's funny because my dad used to always joke about how, um, you know, he I, I used to be, oh, yeah, you're, you're David O'Hara's son. <laughs> and then he's like, once you got the league, now he's like, I'm Sean's dad. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I like that. I, I thought that you were going to say they were going with, you know, like the he hate me. You know, oh, the XFL came yeah. Up with the, the nicknames and th- things got a little cray cray. Well, I'm sure there's going to be a couple of guys right. who didn't do this well and pick some stupid names to put back there. But there's been so. F- and then there's also guys who just still have Gardner on the back. Yeah. It's like you don't have. You, you got nothing to They're put back there. They're not forcing these guys to pick a nickname. They are encouraging them to pick a nickname, yeah. but you won't be forced. But yeah, he hate me, probably the best all time. I think to take it another step further, what they should do is, you know, if you are a first or second year player, kind of the young buck, the guys on the team get to pick your name. Ah, mm. I like that. Right. Now, that would that, get that cray cray. Add a little creativity, <laughs> and we get to know exactly who's who. Yeah, and, man. And what's going on in the clubhouse? There, you, you remember any of the best nicknames you had given teammates? Oh yeah, we gave uh, one guy named Cheese. Um, you know, as you guys know, there's a, there's a specific odor that that comes to mind. <laughs> um, you know, there's uh, we got the shower pill. Oh, you know, nobody ever wants to be the shower pill guy. Mm. I don't know what that is, and I don't want to know. So, <laughs> uh, let me let me ask you a serious question, Sean, because we were discussing this last hour. Because the uh, LSU quarterback had to break down uh, the backsides of his two competing centers. Yesterday, have you ever were you ever complimented on your surface area by one of your NFL quarterbacks? Um, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I was ever complimented on that. It was much more of a complaint about why it's so wet. <laughs> um, you know, I, my, matter of fact, my quarterback Eli used to request that I change my game pants at halftime because you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sweater, and yeah. you know, in a hot game, you know things would get a little a little wet down there, and so you know on a three step drop, you know he. he he say, "Look, I'm having a hard time gripping the ball because you're, you know, you're just soaking everything." So he, he didn't like the he didn't like the sweaty balls. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you you're a little moist down there. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. And it wasn't because it, it wasn't like Mark Schlereth where he was, uh, you know, g- going to the bathroom on himself. No, no, I wasn't stinky. Yeah, so, you know, he he stinks. Right. You know, I, I was I was clean, but it was just sweat. You know, and. and uh, you know the, the the worst part about it is the poor my poor equipment guy Eddie Skiba. He was the one that had to, to help me put take the pants off and put the new ones on because you can't take your cleats off. Right. So you're you're doing this. You know, a, a grown man standing in his jock strap <laughs> and, and cleats spatted up because you can't take them off trying to put on new game pants. And man, those uh, equipment uh, managers they don't get yeah. enough credit. For no, the stuff no, they have to deal with. Life. All right, I have too many follow up questions. Here's <laughs> one of them. So does he have to cut the pants off you then? No, 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 they just took, you know, he just had to, he had to help kind of guide him over the cleats, but, you know, getting him off was not the issue. It was getting the, the new pants on over the cleats, which was a little bit of a challenge, especially when my hands were all taped up with gloves on. And you only have a, a, a small amount of time there at halftime. It's not like these college halftimes where you yeah. have half an hour, which they're changing. Thank yeah, you for that. there's no room for error. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for poor Eddie. Don't want to lose your balance or anything down there. Well, well hey, speaking of the Giants, uh, a lot of people are picking them to be the front runners in the NFC East and and also uh, getting to the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts on your, your, your former team? They, they are stacked on D and on offense. Yeah, you know what? I, I was, I've been at practice uh, a couple times in this last week, and, and it's funny. There is such a quiet – excitement over there and nobody really wants to say what you just said you know because it's kind of that old like hey look let's not jinx anything let's not get ahead of ourselves but they they are really excited about where they are uh, some of the pieces they've added this offseason Brandon Marshall's made an instant impact um, and Evan Ingram their first round pick uh, their tight end from from Ole Miss he has been phenomenal uh, he's he looks even better than anybody imagined um you know he's running routes like a receiver he's breaking away from guys he caught a touchdown pass the other day in the in the red zone uh one-on-one against the safety just kind of made a little move at the line that that you know you would expect a four or five year vet to make and he's already doing it so offensively you know two things that they struggled with last year was their run game and their red zone offense and they've really done some great things offensively to help out with that red zone production uh brandon marshall can climb the ladder in the red zone and, and i think eli's really excited um and the defense the defense their secondary looks phenomenal too it, it's really hard to gauge they go back and forth in practice the defense wins a couple of drills and then the offense bounces back i think they're really making each other better uh but the giants they have three starting corners with dominic rogers Cromartie, with eli apple and with Janoris jenkins so mm-hmm. uh when they go to their nickel defense uh, they're 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 a tough out, and uh, I think there's a lot of excitement uh, when you think about how well this defense played. Yes, the Dallas Cowboys won the division last year at 13 and three, but they lost twice yeah. to the Giants. So two of their three losses were in the division to the G-men, and the reason why is because the Giants' defense stopped Ezekiel Elliott. So that right there is you know got everybody pretty excited. Um, you know I, I know Eli's fired up because he's 
He's got some. He's got some studs. I mean, we didn't even talk about Sterling Shepard or, or Odell Beckham. You know, the funny thing is that practice the last couple of years, all everybody's been talking about was Odell. Now it's kind of like, hey, you know what? He doesn't have to be everything to this offense. There you go, and and you hear that, Sheldon Richardson? They like Brandon Marshall over there, the New York <laughs> Giants. Unlike your dumbass. <laughs> Well, he he was he was the one driving 120 miles an hour. Uh, 143. Yeah. Oh, 143. Yeah. Oh, right. So you know he's very credible. <laughs> <laughs> Sean O'Hara of the NFL Network with us here on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Sean, this this the beginning of the move to full time officials. Do you think this actually addresses the issues on the field that you see with the officials going on right now? I don't know. I don't know if being full-time is going to change the human element of officiating. You know, I think they, they have a tough job. You know, they're kind of like offensive linemen. You know, nobody really pays attention until you screw up. Um, I think that they, they make a lot of really good calls in live game speed. I don't know if calling them full-time now is going to change a whole lot. You know, I think that the guys, they, they work hard at their craft, and they – um, you know, they spend a lot of time, you know, kind of honing that skill. And, and you know, just like players, they have kind of a training camp where they go out and kind of, you know, retrain their eyes and, and, and work on that skill. So uh, I know some of them want to be full-time because they want to, you know, they want to disperse that, that image of, oh, we're just part-time. Some of the guys, um, you know, they like wearing two hats. But I think we're always going to have those those plays, and you know we see it in other sports too. Where you know, look, I can't believe that guy called that a strike. You know, it's clearly a ball. Um, you know, and, and you're going to have a, a judgment call where was it a catch? Was it not a catch? Um, you know, was it pass interference? Was it not pass interference? So, as long as you have that human element, there's still going to be some some gray area. But I think you, you have to keep some of that because it is sport, and I think that sometimes that's uh, that's part of the game. So then we, are you not in favor of more replay to get more calls right? Do you think we have a, a good system right now? I, I like getting the calls right. You know, I, I think that when you think about how much money people are paying to go to the game and to watch the game and, and how much is at stake, um, you know, I, I think the most important thing is to get it right. You know, and I know people are, you know, worried about the speed of the play and the, and the game of play. I don't think you should review every single play. But, you know, if it's a big play, I think there should be – you know, some discretion that, hey, you know what, this is a big play in the in the big part of the game. I mean, if it's first quarter, hey, look, we're not going to do we're not going to dwell on it. But if it's in the fourth quarter and it's a big call and it's questionable, you know, I, I'm okay with, hey, look, let's stop the game for 90 seconds and let's get it right, um, so that we don't ruin somebody's season. You know, if if it's a, an impactful game, uh, especially if it's a postseason game. Talking to Sean O'Hare, a longtime NFL offensive lineman, NFL network analyst, currently here on Geo and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. Sean, uh, we were discussing earlier Kevin Colbert, who was the GM there at Pittsburgh, and, and he was basically criticizing Le'Veon Bell, who they've tendered $12 million to for this upcoming season. Of course, Le'Veon wanted, like all of us, <laughs> wanted a long-term deal. Uh, didn't get that. As far as your experience with teammates that have held out, uh, how did that affect your team, and and how did you approach it as a, as a teammate? Of course, we all know the, the the rule of not getting into someone else's money business, but uh, how did you approach it? Well, it, it is tough. You know, you always want to. You know, we started off the show talking about your brothers, and you know, look when you're in a locker room and you're on a team, that's he's a brother, and so you don't want to. 
you know, you don't want to meddle in his business with that, and, and you understand that we're all, you know, as players, you're all one play away from, from it all being over. You want everybody to, to get theirs. Um, but I think it, it, it is tough. It, it's tough when it's a guy like Le'Veon Bell who you're all counting on, you know, and, and, and my my concern if I was a player for the Steelers is, hey, you know, I just I hope he comes in in shape. I hope there's no rust because, you know, we got to hit the ground running, and you never know as a veteran – is this my last year with this team? Is this my last year in the NFL? So you want to make everything count. Um, you know, I think for Le'Veon, it's probably tough. I know he wants to be out there. He wants to play. But also, you know, he's been hurt the last couple of years. You know, so for him to, to come rush back and go to training camp and go do preseason games, I don't think he's, you know, chomping at the bit to that. The fact that he's not actually under contract because he hasn't signed it kind of gives him that opportunity. If he was under contract – he would have had to have been there, or he would have been getting fined. So, this is kind of a perfect storm for him and his situation. Um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, if me as an offensive lineman, if they were going to franchise me and they said we're going to pay you twelve million dollars, I would have signed it yesterday. <laughs> um, but I, I think that, you know, the long-term contract, everybody wants that. You know what? Guess what? Look at Kirk Cousins. He's handled it greatly. You know, the the way that you handle that one-year deal. I think for Le'Veon, the Steelers, they take care of their guys. You know, Kevin Colbert has, has done a good job of, of taking care of, of the players and, and making sure that, that they feel wanted, that they understand the business side of it is part of it too. But uh, I think Le'Veon will show up. I think he'll be there. He understands um, what this franchise tag means and, and that, you know what, if he has another good year, he's going to get paid. All right, I asked you about the NFL, NFC excuse me, uh, and the Giants are definitely going to be the bell cow heading into the season. Who do you like out of the AFC other than the Patriots? Yeah, the Patriots are, uh, you know, you, you can pencil them in. You know, I, I tell you, I think the Houston Texans are intriguing. Um, you know, we just saw Deshaun Watson for the first time, and, you know, I, I just I look at the Texans as they're that team that looks good in the playoffs, I mean, in, in the regular season, and then they show up the playoffs, and on prime time, they just kind of pee down their leg. And Deshaun Watson is kind of that guy that has played his best football on the big stage, in the national championship game, you know, against Alabama in college. So he kind of shows up and brings his best in those moments. That's kind of the, the piece that they've been missing down there. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very interested to, to see how they shape up. Um, you know, and, and we just got done talking about Pittsburgh. You know, look, Pittsburgh is, is loaded on offense. You know, I think without Le'Veon Bell in that playoff game last year against the Patriots, you know, we, we saw a different offense. Um I think that game would have been different if, if, if Le'Veon was, was healthy. I think the way that their offensive line uh, played in the second half of the season last year, you know, they were one of the best O-lines, uh, the way they ran the football, the way they were protecting Ben. So really defensively, if, if Pittsburgh's defense can step up uh, and improve, especially in the secondary, I think they're going to be a tough team. You can follow Sean O'Hara on Twitter at Sean O'Hara sixty, and tonight on NFL Network, you can carry, you can watch the Broncos and the Bears live tonight at eight p.m. Eastern. There are seven total preseason games tonight. Sean, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Hopefully, have you on again soon. All right, brothers. <laughs> thanks, we have brother. Radio hug on the way out. Uh, that is Sean O'Hara, longtime Giant and Brown, now at the NFL Network again at Sean O'Hara sixty on Twitter. Tonight, Broncos and Bears at Eastern NFL Network. And then tomorrow, a doubleheader, the Giants and the Steelers at 7, Niners and Chiefs at 10 p.m. Eastern. Final timeout. When we come back, we will play the game that is now sweeping America. 
Who's older, Carson Palmer or Byron Lefwich? Google away. It's Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Guns and Roses are coming to a town near you. Listen to Tiki and Tierney for your chance to win tickets exclusively on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So an interesting exchange yesterday at Arizona Cardinals training camp. It was a fight. Was there? I'm asking. No, it was not really a fight. It was it was presented to us by somebody as a, as a fight, but it was uh, a is a yeah. lighthearted yeah. back and forth. It was a big argument uh, because Carson Palmer didn't think that he was older than his quarterback coach Byron Leftwich, and a reporter had asked him about that, so they kind of went back and forth. And then they Googled it, and lo and behold, Carson Palmer is older than Byron Leftwich. Yeah, by about 18 days, I believe oh, it there is. There you go. And they were both in the same draft, so he thought. They were probably similar. He was younger, but no, your your position coach is older or younger than you. Mm-hmm. And and I got to think it is Josh McDaniel. I thought maybe he would be younger than Tom Brady, but he's one year older. Josh McDaniel's forty one, I believe. Uh, Brady, of course, is forty. Is he? I didn't realize yeah. that. That wasn't in the news. So at contemporary all, last week. Yeah. Well, it wasn't in the news. That's why you come to Gio and Jones for the news. Exactly. We do the digging for you mm-hmm. sometimes. The other day uh, I was reading, you know how I record the uh, draft capsules for your yes. draft show? Taco Charlton. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was asked to help our friends at Tiki and Tierney mm-hmm. read the little intros to their NFL training camp uh, two-a-day segments. Uh-huh. So I get to the Rams one, and it says 31-year-old head coach Sean McVay. And I'm just like, that can't be be right. A, because it seems too young. And B, I don't trust Mike Samter, who produces Tiki and Tierney, (laughs) and writes those things to use correct English and or facts. I missed the gnome. And I'm like, I think 34 seems to be the right number, not 31. So I on the computer, and there it is, Sean McVay, 31. Yep. And then I punch the computer. Why? Because, I mean, nothing. Jealous? Yeah, well, I'm not jealous that he's the head coach of the Rams. Uh, I am frustrated and disappointed in myself that (laughs) I am six years his senior, and I'm basically a grad assistant still, (laughs) and he's the head coach. In due time, my son. In due time. Uh, You just keep plugging away. Oh, thank you, Dad. That's what you have to do. Keep plugging away. It's going to happen for you. Yeah? Yes. Eventually, the sun shines. On a dog's ass, eventually. Or center's ass. Fair point. Uh, you know what? I'm really disappointed that I asked Sean O'Hara that question because <laughs> now it was, already, it, I mean, it was already a gross subject, but I really didn't think to get, well, I sweat a lot, and he let me, <laughs> made me change my pants mid-game. Well, you would imagine everyone sweat. It's a football game. You're expending energy. You have 20 pounds of equipment on it. Everyone's yeah. sweaty. You're all soaked. You you get water or Gatorade over there on the sideline. You drip. You're soaked. And that makes the, the pants and everything even more difficult or, or heavier. I should say not more difficult, but definitely heavier. Uh, so why are you surprised that he? I just didn't want to think about Eli dropping back with a drenched football. I hope it happens in the every snap. rump sweat of Sean O'Hara. Well. And let's get to throw some baby powder on there. That's what a man does in the summer. Then the ball would slip out of his hand. Nah, not on Eli, but you just didn't you just, you sprinkle it in your jock and throw the pants on and try and alleviate some of that dampness. Now we know why quarterbacks are wearing the gloves, huh? Oh, 
you know what? Mm-hmm. Maybe Not they, just cold weather. Maybe they can't. They don't want to say it out loud and embarrass their center. But yeah, they put that left hand, the top hand in the thing. They, that's what's touching in the, the thing. The yes, put the, the top, top hand. hand in the uh, in the formation. It's the one making contact. So you glove it. So there's a barrier between you and that funk. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> that funk, that look undercarriage funk. What you just figured out. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm here for. Not the things we really need, like rap music information. No, I can't help you with that. Dynamics of the center snap. Uh, Billy and the stamp, I can't help you with. That uh, Calvin Harris is 33 years old, bogus, to make you feel even worse about yourself. Oh, uh, 33. Get 66 mil a year. Mm, mm, mm. Woo, good to be the king. And doesn't have to spin anything. Nothing. No spinning the records, no mixing and scratching the records like they used to do. So, but here's what I don't understand. Now, if I go to one of these shows, mm-hmm. like, does does the does, does, does he have Katy Perry on a track that sings? Yes. Over these songs, yeah, she won't be there with him. So he's not doing anything at his show. Mm-hmm. Then he's just hitting play on an MP3 that has the song in it. Yeah, man. And then when these guys like live mix, they're, they're, yes. Go ahead. Like, so every time I hear them, they're gonna play something different, or do they have like they play something different? Do I do? Or they is have there, a catalog, but. But they have things that they repeat, so like they they have a song or a, you know some kind of they have hits package, right? So like, so he's only doing that once. He's only making that mix once. So whatever he wants to call it, you know, yeah. symphony in G minor that exists, and he just hits play, and there it goes. He's not live redoing it every single some time. Some stuff is he? he is really yeah. Like yeah. when I go to see a, if I went to see Imagine Dragons, right? They're playing their song, right? But if his song's all electronic, does he just do it once and no, go, that's good, No, he may good, play save? one of his hits, but then he's doing new stuff right there uh, in, in the moment, on site. And that gets you $66 million. 66 million. Mm. Yeah. The dude Afrojack, 16 million. And he knows Katy Perry. And he knows Katy. And if he was mm-hmm. Diplo, he would know Katy Perry. Yeah. Or I did at one point and forgot it. Because, you know, whatever. Well, you know. Thanks to Dennis Dodd and Sean O'Hara's sweaty butt. Tomorrow, (laughs) God knows what, on a Friday edition of Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.